Hello and welcome to Red Shirts, the podcast about Star Trek. My name's Jake Donaldson and I'm joined as ever by my co-hosts, Maddie Enterprise Churchhouse and Nathan Hentai Thighs Thomas. <laughs> so without further ado, let's engage. Stop the count! Stop the podcast! Too tired for your shit, the ever-loving fuck? (laughs) I couldn't think of anything this week, so it's gone Enterprise and Hentai Thighs. That's that's where we've gotten to. (laughs) This is because Hitali is coming back, isn't it? (laughs) Um... We're here. We're uh, we're excited for uh, our next episode, which is uh, the the, fir- the the only the second one we've done since we looked at the pilots uh, of Star Trek Enterprise, uh, which you know th- no one cares about. So it's okay. Um, <laughs> I can't wait to get my hands on Trip Tucker's hentai thighs. <laughs> well, uh, we, we are looking at the episode Similitude from Series Three of. Uh, Star Trek Enterprise. Um, in which uh, they create a sim and then kill him. Yeah, it, it, it it's a it's a it's got a plot. That's a good thing, that, <laughs> which is more than I can say for a lot of Enterprise that I've seen. Um, oh my lord! I mean, Jesus. Before we get too far into it, shall we go to our patented Nathan Thomas describes the plot segment of Similitude? Yeah. Well. Okay. Um, <laughs> you sound so enthusiastic about this. I've got thoughts, but we'll get into them. Uh, we open with a funeral for Trip Tucker. Dun dun dun! No, I I don't believe he's going to die. So um, uh, we then cut to Trip and to Paul doing non-sexy sexy time. It's Vulcan acupressure. And despite everyone touching everyone, definitely not sexual. All we saw at the start of this episode was not sexual. I just want to remind you all of that. This does not constitute a romantic relationship, canonically. Um, Trip has an idea about maintaining high warp, compressing the warp field. And the captain gives the go-ahead for a test. Sadly, it immediately goes wrong. Uh, the engine explodes and Tricker uh, saves the ship from a full breach, but knocks himself into con- unconsciousness in the project, uh, process. And it turns out he's been put into a coma. Fortunately, the good Dr. Fox has a plan. See, he keeps a weird worm thing that if uh, <laughs> induced with human DNA would grow a clone that would only live for 15 days. On around day eight, they could nick some brainstem matter from the, this thing, and Fox assures there'll be no ethical issues, it'll be absolutely fine, <laughs> um, the thing won't feel a thing, and it'll just live out its natural lifespan, trust me, everything's okay, I'm definitely telling you everything. Um, <sighs> and uh, Archer believes him. Um, soon we see uh, Fox dealing with a newborn baby. Uh, very happy, and uh, the boy begins to grow up and demonstrates the capacity to have uh, Trip's memories. Uh, so the no ethical issues stuck around for ooh, five minutes. <laughs> um, uh, as uh, this boy begins to ask questions, because his memories and his lived experience don't really add up, 
um, he begins to ask questions, and Archer takes it on uh, himself to tell him everything. He shows him the unconscious commander Tucker, and uh, they get the consent of the un- underage minor to uh, <laughs> uh, undertake the procedure when he's old enough. <laughs> they, the clone named Sim uh, begins to help out in uh, engineering and uh, crushes all over to pulp. Uh, we learn that the particles building up on the uh, ship since it stopped moving are creating a dampening field which will disable the entire ship. Uh, soon, Sim has a solution to the problem. Um, fire the phase cannons at the ship itself to open the launch bay doors and then tug the ship free with the grapples from the shuttles. Uh, Sim uh, runs the plan past to Paul, also admitting in the meantime that he has feelings for her and he's not sure whether they're Tucker's feelings or Sim's feelings or whatever. Um, we <laughs> try the we we try the plan. Uh, there is some brief jeopardy, but ultimately. Uh, it actually works. Everyone congratulates Sim and everyone is celebrating. Then Flox ruins the fucking mood by telling us, turns out Sim won't survive the procedure. <laughs> Archer and Sim are pretty fucking cross about all of this, <laughs> as they both rightly should be. Um, Sim accepts he only has a few uh, days to live, but then reveals that there are some experiments that have created an enzyme that would stabilize clones. And thus, uh, the quandary of, was it right to... Um, uh, deny his life for someone else's begins. Uh, Archer and Sim argue, um, uh, and uh, Archer insists the latter is not Trip, and um, implies that he will march him with a gunpoint uh, to the sick bay. But you know, he's not really going to do that, or something. I don't know. It was a very confusing set of dialogue. <laughs> uh, Sim goes to engineering for his apparent last hours, and Paul is a little cute there. Um, he briefly considers stealing a ch- uh, shuttle, but chickens out after a chat with Archer and something about Trip's sister. To Paul snogs him, he lies on the sickbay table and dies. <laughs> then he gets a funeral, and Trip Tucker is fine. He dies just like Donald Trump's hopes of getting re-elected <laughs> as Pennsylvania declared for Biden this morning. We should say for the listeners, uh, this episode was recorded on... Uh, Saturday the 7th of uh, November and we've just found out that Joe Biden's won the presidency so that's very exciting Hola! for us. Um, yeah, approximately three years after Nevada started counting <laughs> Yeah, I half, expected that, I half expected that to be the plot of this episode when I watched it earlier today. Like, yeah, I it's, mean, it's 20, serious... 22, 20, whatever, but, uh, <laughs> and Georgia's only just gotten 87% <laughs> way through their votes. It counting. seriously pisses me off though because Every American that I have seen, either like a stranger or a friend or whatever that I'm talking about this, have insisted that, oh, America's so special because, <laughs> and that's why it takes so long. Fucking, you're not even the biggest country in North America. Get on with it. Like, <laughs> and, and, and I can point, and, and India and Russia and, look, India, Russia and Germany are all federal countries which count their, uh, uh, votes by states and they still announce a result in a 24 hours get on with it yeah, it's <laughs> embarrassing there's absolutely no excuse for it like voter suppression in the united states is at a level that is quite frankly comparable to your average uh robert mugabe led banana republic i mean it's just a joke <laughs> like i mean the united states is a shambles oi oi so are we in britain holla but at least when we go to the polls, you vote in five minutes and you're out of there. There's none of this bullshit queuing. That's not democracy. You say that British people love queuing. 
nah, 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 nah. We don't queue to vote. That is the sign of a demo- democratic system that is not being run effectively. Like, that is a sign yeah. of making it harder for people to vote. My girlfriend is Russian, not a country known for its democratic process. <laughs> and she is still able to cast a vote in a foreign country and is reliably uh, confident that that vote got counted. Not yeah. th- whether the vote made any difference or not, we have no idea. But <laughs> <laughs> well, well, depends who you voted for, Nathan. <laughs> all, all, all that said, uh, I, I do just want to say that I still hate Faith of the Heart. <laughs> I think this is really actually an appropriate episode to be doing for like an election day kind of episode because this is the most Murica episode of Star Trek <laughs> I've ever seen and I fucking despise it. Like I love it. I love Trip. I I think he's great. I'm not sure if there's valid reasons for that other than hormones. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> I'd watch him talk shit all day. Um but yeah, everything about else about this episode was an ethical catastrophe of insane proportions and once again i am asking on this podcast did none of the people in star trek watch cloud atlas before they made any decision making what the (laughs) fuck is wrong with them yeah i i have many problems with this episode because i think i think what this episode is is a good star trek idea poorly executed yes that's exactly what i think yeah, you know, I feel like if this was written in Picard or Discovery or TNG, even though last week we covered one of the worst TNG episodes ever, <laughs> it would have been pulled off so much better. Because the interesting part of this episode, the question of how far can we go with one person's life to save someone else's life, and is it right to, you know, if you can clone people, is it right to clone them and stuff? only really comes in in the last 15 minutes. I mean, I know I ran through the, like, the, we get from the, we get, oh, he won't survive the procedure. Oh, there is an option to save his life. Um, And then they, then they have the, like, oh, maybe he's leaving the ship. Will Archer stop him? No, he's decided not to. Like, all of that should be an episode in itself. This should have come in in Act 1. That yeah. we sh- the the act one like twist is I'm afraid Sim won't survive the procedure. Dun dun dun. Because we don't care about the ship being stuck. I I we oh, don't. Yeah, it's so boring. No one. I kept no forgetting one cares that about that. Like every yeah, time they mentioned but, it, I was going, "Oh yeah, that's a thing." Like yeah, that's British not the and... that's not the problem to solve here. That's a B plot that sets up an interesting A plot. Like what they should have done is have the oh we won't survive be there. And I also think, rather than some enzyme that would take ages to replicate, the solution to can Sim live is oh, well they found that experiments if you take something from the host that means the host dies, then the clone is stabilised. Mm. Then you have the interesting question of, well, whose life do you save? Because you have to sacrifice some of them, and is it right to let both of them die? Why and, is Nathan you know, so smart? Yeah. Like, what is Nathan doing on this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> that's so good. Holy shit, Nathan. That's You that's should go so and write good. for Star Trek, Nathan. I Look, if anyone who can get me a position writing Star Trek listens oh to this. Oh my god, Nathan, okay, that's genius. I am available. <laughs> I would like, love to I, do that. I'll, uh, I completely agree with you that this was so poorly executed. They set up this yeah. impossible ethical conundrum of like, do we save or do we like literally murder this man? Um, to to potentially save someone else's life um, without his consent, 
um, without the consent of either of them. Um, and then they're like, oh, fuck, well, we've written ourselves into a corner and we don't have any way out. So let's say that he bravely sacrifices himself like the noble patriotic soldier <laughs> that he is. And we're going to play the American anthem as he lies down on the table to be lobotomized without after he was forced into that decision without any kind of informed consent and after Archer literally told him that if he tried to leave the ship Archer would shoot him himself yeah like that's another thing because with the way they executed it I am very I'm in a very tired and I've had a very difficult day <laughs> so I am I am in a no shit mood um, <laughs> uh, and the the way the way they've written this episode now makes me think. All right. Well, as soon as this report crosses the desk of any respectable Starfleet personnel, Doctor Flock should be struck off the medical register, <laughs> and Archer should be brought before a court martial, possibly with large numbers of his crew who didn't do anything to stop this yep. obviously batshit insane behaviour. Because, <laughs> yep. like, when he goes, because it starts when he goes, the the the, the um, Flock warns him. Uh, because I don't even mind Fox bringing it up, because as he says, it's like, it's my duty to give you all the options, Captain. Um, like, uh, he says, you should know the uh, government where these worms are from have outlawed this process completely. And um, he goes, we don't answer to the uh, whatever this government's yeah. called. And like, if that okay, isn't I a fe- sign of America, American exceptionalism, we don't answer to your rules. <laughs> Fuck off, Archer. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like now <laughs> what you've done is justified. When the Klingons come and they talk, they cut off your testicles with a battler. They don't answer to the Federation. Yeah. <laughs> Honed. Get raped, like, Archer. Get in the it, bin. You're right about the the writing of it. Though, that that like this this as a story in itself, I think is quite good. If it was spread out across three episodes or something, or even like if it was in like. It's. I mean, it's quite similar to the plot of the entire first series of Picard. If you change the idea of, uh, yeah. uh, or the measure of the man, it's like oh, yeah, well, it is a very similar. The man was good. Let's do that, but like wrong. And well, that's what I've everything about it. Shit. Yeah, that's what I've written in my notes. Is that like that they've looked at a measure of a man and gone, we want to do a um like a, a sort of interesting kind of uh, moral quandary type episode. So let's just do that, but not as good. Um, <laughs> And I mean, it, annoyingly, it was directed. This episode was directed by Lavar Burton. So, like, Lavar, holy yeah. shit, Lavar, man! And, I mean, I guess he couldn't help the script. Yeah, well, exactly. Um, but it's it's not it's not bad in in and of itself. It's just no. I enjoyed it. It just it, made it, me very very angry. And well, yeah, and you, and I think the problem with like sort of trying to cram it all into one episode is that like it doesn't give you enough time to actually like. One explore the plot points, like Nathan said. Of oh, here's the um, here's the first bit of the of the conundrum, and now oh, now we found out that there might be a way to save both of them. And oh no, actually no, one of them's definitely going to die. Like those those should be like series arc plot points for this one character, rather than like that. That it doesn't give you time to like care about what's happening to him enough from when he first is introduced. 15 minutes into the episode to when he dies five minutes before the end of the episode like i don't care about him at that at that point i'm just like yeah i know he's gonna die because we watched it in the first scene of the entire thing we know one of them's gonna die but they're not gonna kill trip tucker are they so it's obviously gonna be the clone that dies so there's no jeopardy at all the, mm. the yeah, je- that first scene is is fucking stupid yeah um and it and it ruins they they 
they this was it's not just that this was written badly in terms of as Nathan said there would have been a much you know more elegant way to set up that ethical conundrum and as you've said Jake there would have been a much more well written way to establish emotions and feelings for the characters and the character arcs I think that they have ethically they have chosen the wrong outcome here and I know that that's completely subjective because you know television is subjective and like the values we're going to take from it are subjective but everything that I think Star Trek does and should represent it's like they just veered wildly in the opposite direction at the end of this episode and I think the thing that really hammered that home for me is how they end on that stupid fucking murica funeral scene with like that fucking osei can you see basically blaring in the background as everyone like stands to attention and it's like oh the grave soldier every sacrifice himself for the country (laughs) if they'd have that scene in fine and then what you do afterwards is you end the episode of a on a scene of archer alone in his quarters with his head in his hands, thinking, holy fuck, what the hell have I done in the name of the greater good? And then you accurately put across the correct ethical <laughs> moral message at the end of this episode. Instead of pretending that the murder, like just the murder of someone is is somehow a solution that just yeah. can be like, you know, because the sacrifice the sacrifice I have another problem with is that as I kind of hinted at, they, they get a child to consent to the process and then fucking gaslight that man. Like, <laughs> that man is gaslit these entire... Like, you cannot trust that person's decision mm-hmm. No, not at all. making because no he has been told this is what you are for his entire life. It just, like, it's just so... It, and I feel like this is, episode could be written in a way where I sympathise with Archer's position. Because I think they oh, the other thing they do wrong is there's a really good episode of TNG where Hugh, who is uh, in Picard, appears for the first time. Yeah. And Picard really struggles to accept Hugh as the rest of his crew are. Um, and they end up deciding... Not they, they basically the the initial plot of the episode is oh we've got a Borg drone we could send this Borg drone back to the collective with basically a virus and fuck the Borg right mm-hmm. and Picard is like down for this given his past experiences and the whole episode focuses on the moral quandary and what the writers do is they show lots of other characters interacting with you so the audience gets to know this new character but the episode's focus is on Picard and being. What is this man's decision going to be? Mm. What what is and and what the the mistake they make here is not characterizing and focusing on Archer in the right way because we need to we need to cut the romantic subplot as well with the whole like oh my god no I'm sorry but that was the only thing that I enjoyed no <laughs> fuck off give me my sexy times you don't understand every she gets her kit off pretty regularly baddie like. I, I didn't realize but like. Until what I didn't realize until I like watched this episode, but every time that Trip Trucker comes on screen, I am just like consumed with the fires of lust. Um, <laughs> every time, until... Tri- every time Trip Tucker comes on on scene, Maddie comes. Well, in real we life. didn't get to see him come on screen, which I'm really disappointed about. But, like until he opens his mouth, at which point he sounds like George W. Bush, and it's very disconcerting. But um, like hell yeah, I got 
butterflies from that little romance scene where he's saying you know like I'm feeling these feelings and the thing that's scaring me is I don't know if you know the love I'm feeling is my emotion or if it's trips yeah I I was like actually sweating but also I had my radiator on underneath me so I don't know if it was just that but 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 again that that whole dynamic between the two of them and him wondering whether it's his own feelings and double second guessing those things and thinking about him uh, whether he's he has the the capability to develop his own feelings or whether they're always trips all those kinds of things could be really interestingly and well explored if yep. he was a, a character who existed for the entire series yeah. uh and it and they it wasn't like a you know ooh, we need him to die and and be born in this one episode if he was like if they got if they didn't make him trip tucker made him somebody else so you could still have trip tucker in the show and then they had this other character who knew they had a finite life uh, within the the series, and you could explore all those things across the arc. Then that would be much more interesting, and it's the kind of thing that they might do on Discovery nowadays. But because of the sort of episodic nature of the way that they made this show, it, I, they couldn't do that. I don't think. Which is I mm, yes, it's just I take your point. Me. I would personally argue that given the constraints of the single episode, I was really, really invested in Sim. Um, Partly because I was just really kind of on his side because his entire existence was a violation of consent and every every part of his character journey Mm. was just... Again, it was just increasing violation of consent. It was disgusting. Um, So I was really kind of feeling really strongly for him in that respect. I do actually think I don't I've no idea what the, the name of the guy who plays Trip is, but I feel like he did act it well. Like again, it might mm. just be the horniness talking, but I <laughs> I was totally convinced by like his his interactions with Topol and his kind of stress and indecision when he's talking to Archer. And but I also agree with you Jake what about the fact that this episode didn't there was not enough focus on Archer. And I know you guys have mentioned Flox and that Flox needs to have his medical license barred. Look, clearly Flox is a mad scientist, right? He's from an alien race and he's decided to come and do some kind of residency in the most <laughs> medically backward species that he could possibly find in the Federation. You know the only reason he's chosen that shit is because he knows that Starfleet is completely underregulated and he can just like get away with whatever <laughs> the fuck he wants on a on a on a on an Earth starship that no other civilized race in the galaxy would, would allow him to do, right? So I don't blame him. He's clearly bad shit. Who I do blame is Archer, who makes a decision to call for Phlox to grow this baby and then acts somehow surprised and like angry at Phlox when Phlox is like, actually, there's this catch and this kid is going to die. It's like, Archer, take fucking responsibility for your actions. I had, um, I was so angry after watching this episode that I immediately made a ranting post on Star Trek shit posting that got like an awful lot of engagement and like. <laughs> People were being like, yeah, this is the real Tuvix. Like, fuck off about Tuvix. This is the one we should care about. Um, but but one of the things that, that people were bringing up is they're saying Archer was making this decision in the context of this wider battle against um, this alien race that wants to genocide all human beings. And he feels like he has to make these horrific choices in the name of the greater good. Um, and that the series arc is around him increasingly making dark choices and then having to live with the repercussions of that. I'm like, right, okay, so maybe that's true. So then write the episode to focus on that. Like, write <laughs> yeah, the episode yeah, to be about Archer's moral quandary. 
instead of just being about, oh, let's have some nice scenes of this really cute little baby in the end. <laughs> we're going to fucking lobotomize. <laughs> yeah, like, I think you need, you need a dual focus. Part of it needs to be on Sim so that you actually empathise with him and you feel it, and that might include some of the Tapal love scenes mm. and stuff. Yes, but yes. The, the, sex, the main character sex, who is sex. driving this episode is Archer, and I, having looked at this art, I don't think, I think Archer sort of gets away with most of his decisions personally based on what I know of this art, which admittedly isn't much because I, I don't watch Enterprise. Um... <laughs> <laughs> for 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 reasons of it's bad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Look, look. I've tried with Enterprise quite hard. <laughs> like uh, since we started doing this podcast, I have tried to be more open and I've tried to watch more random Star Trek. But I have yet to find an Enterprise episode that I've really felt hits the mark. Like this is actually the best. This is this is the Enterprise episode I most strongly like. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and you've seen what I've said about it. Like, well, well, this does get uh, mentioned a lot as being one of the best episodes of Enterprise, which you know I think sets the bar pretty low. But really the, fucking low, Jesus. Yeah, this is one of the things that people sort of go, oh, actually, this was one of the better episodes of, of Enterprise where, where they talked about, like, it got praise for the way it dealt with, like, moral questions and ethical decisions Why? and stuff like that. Uh, which, you know, what? I get, I think, it, you know, what? it's maybe in the context of the rest of the show, it's interesting and it does more of that. But, like, any episode of TNG blows this out of the water in terms of, like, <laughs> ethical decision-making, like... Even the episode we looked at last week at Sub Rosa about shagging a, a, a Nan's ghost is, raises more interesting questions about consent than this one did. Oh, God. Yeah, I, I, I was so angry after watching this episode. I, like, <sighs> Archer officially on my captain blacklist. Like, I don't think I've blacklisted a Starfleet captain so far. <laughs> like, even Evil Lorca gets a pass because he's so delightfully machinatingly evil that like I love him but like Archer is on my blacklist for bad captains now I fucking hate him (laughs) I was in such a rage after this episode that just two entire pages of my notebook are filled with me screaming about Archer so I'll read I'll do a dramatic (laughs) reading of what I wrote whilst I was in a friend towards the end of this episode okay (sighs) this is the same as The measure of a man, but with clones. This is all capitalised, by the way. (laughs) He's an autonomous person who has the fundamental right to control his own destiny. You've already ruined his life. Let him cosplay his favourite engineer for one more day. Archer (laughs) equals worst captain. You suck. Entire page of the book. I hate Captain Archer. Underlined. Fuck off and die, you shithead. You are the worst. (laughs) Inbred. Egotistical. Jumped up. Wicked. Arrogant, selfish, pillicking, abusive, exploitative, snot-clogging, <laughs> fuck weasel. Three exclamation marks. I stand by everything I said. Fuck off, Archer. I Die. love pillicking in the middle yeah, of that. Yeah, pillicking's great. <laughs> I'm going bring... to use that more regularly. I'm just going to be... Everything is going to be a pillicking something now. Like, you know. <laughs> and um, then I've written, push Captain Archer out of the shuttle bay. This is so fucked up. They've given him no choice, and then I think there was a scene change, because the next thing I've written is, shag the clone, shag the clone. (laughs) 
Um, speaking of shagging, um, the uh, oh, good. <laughs> yeah, we'll get back on the safer ground, uh, safer red shirts ground. Um, what's going on with this uh, creepy? toenail clipping 69 thing in the first oh yeah opening. what the hell I thought they were already banging I it's was like, not oh, a romantic man. relationship though we know this to be true because she says that there wasn't a romantic that they yeah. have had a romantic yeah, relationship yeah she says that but then the, for, yeah, the, but then, the end like, of that scene is basically her teabagging him like, I know <laughs> it's awful it's so like um, it's called face sitting Jake <laughs> <laughs> I just it's so, it's it's so stupid to me because I think it just. I know this is a, probably also a terrible take, but just like seeing that scene and then seeing to Paul later on in the episode being like, "Oh, there's nothing romantic between us," and me being like, "Huh, what?" Like coming into this as an Enterprise news noob, I assume this was an established relationship from yeah. from that exact scene. I'm like, this feels now like a violation of Vulcan consent. Because I'm like, there's no way Trip was in that room with all the fucking candles lit, like lying topless on her yoga mat while she stroked his thighs, thinking like, oh, this is totally platonic. I'm like, oh my god, like, please have some communication about how you guys may or may not be feeling. Because what if, you know, like, like maybe for Vulc- maybe Vulcans are able to do all of that and it and it's meaningless because of logic or whatever mm. but like for a human that's pretty sexy do you do you kind of get what i'm trying to say it feels like well, are you trying are you trying to say that are you trying to say that she might be leading him on or are you trying to say the the opposite way around almost that? the opposite almost the opposite i'm like he's now putting himself in a situation where like like and i'm sure it you know it gets I mean, it doesn't get resolved in this episode because she talks <laughs> a clone, and that just raises like massive new questions for the next episode. But like, imagine if in this scenario, right, Trip thinks that Topol doesn't care about him because she's a Vulcan or whatever. But he's repeatedly putting himself in situations where he's leading himself on. Does that almost make sense? It's like, yeah. So that's actually kind of a viol- That's potentially a violation of her boundaries. If then he'd made this love declaration or whatever, and she'd been like, "Whoa, hey, we were just doing this entirely non-sexual Vulcan platonic yoga massage." Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's yeah. a really poor communication of cultural norms. Nathan, can you please explain to me what this weird massage thing is that they're doing? Uh, the Vulcan, the Vulcan bullshit. Yeah. It's like. Um, <laughs> Is that it, what it's called? Is it? <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I'm looking up what it's called because I. Such it's, a shit Vulcan. She's like. Uh, she's Vulcan neuro pressure is what it is. Vulcan neuro pressure, right? So is it's this the same thing? It's quite an elaborate. It's it's talked about a lot in um, in Enterprise. I mean, because they've got a massive amount of um, like. There's a load of stuff on the Star Trek wiki. Is this um, the same? So is this the same? Principle that the the nerve pinches. Yeah, on. so it's like it's a, it, it it's all about the um, uh, yeah, it's all about massaging nerve points and and uh, doing it in your mind and stuff. You know, linking your mind with it. It's it's meant to be a big relaxation thing. So it's like the nerve pinch, but for like positive body right. reasons rather than for paralyzing someone it appears it does appear a lot in enterprise oh, okay. so yeah what we're establishing is that once again vulcans are the most illogical species in the fucking galaxy because they basically like <laughs> believe in traditional chinese medicine 
And it's like yoga. That's what it is. Like it's Vulcan. This is Vulcan yoga, and um, or like Tai Chi or something. And the Vulcan nerve pincer is like Vulcan judo. Oh, okay. Yeah, fine. Okay, so, fine. They can so, actually nerve pinch people, so there is some actual scientific basis to it. Fine, I take it back. But anyone can nerve pinch a person, though. It's a Vulcan technique, but like Data manages to pull it off, so you don't. Sick. You clearly don't. Yeah, yeah. In I, the crossover, in the episode that um, uh, Leonard Nimoy appears in, um, they uh, they are like uh, 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 Spock tries to teach like both Picard and Data how to um, do it, and I and I think one of them like. Uh, can uh, oh Picard can sort of do it because he manged Melbourne with Sarek and, and Data has to Wait, learn what? throughout and then in like the big action Wait, what? In... oh uh, uh, there's Whoa. an episode of TNG where uh, Sarek gets Vulcan Alzheimer's and this is solved by uh, mind melding <laughs> with John Luke Picard <laughs> can we watch my that episode my galaxy soon, brain please? is exploding right now <laughs> this is too much information I've processed so much insane information sure. over what? the last 72 hours I can't this is the final straw I'm gonna why go does, down why does Data need to be able to do a Vulcan nerve pinch when he's got the strength of a hundred men um, he just why can't he, he just grab he, someone's arm well, like, shoulder looks, and crush he does, it he loves fight conventionally throughout the um, episode um, and then like uh, Sela, the the bad lady who they've like got cornered and they're pointing guns at um, like they're about to leave the room and then Data turns back and goes there is a high probability that you would alert someone to our plans. I apologise for this. And then he reaches over and does it. And, um, and and he like looks at Spock for approval and Spock goes, not bad. <laughs> do you think Do you think Spock's ever tried to flirt with somebody by doing that thing where you put your hand on their shoulder and like look at them and go, hey. And then they've just like, and he's thought that they've swooned because of how, uh, how attractive he is. But actually it's he's like... just nerve pinched them and they've collapsed uh, to the... So equal but opposite to Miles and in Into the Spider-Verse. That's exactly what I was like thinking of, yeah. he sticks to Gwen and is like, hey. Spock puts his hand on your shoulder and you just instantly die. He's like, hey. Oh, fuck! I was just thinking, do you think Vulcans could do it during sex? Would it be like some kind of, you know, autoerotic asphyxiation thing? Yeah, like it, like, like how some people like being choked. Getting a numb shoulder instead. <laughs> just yeah. a numb instead shoulder? Instead of being choked, you get a numb shoulder. Do you think they do it to themselves so it feels like somebody else is doing it? <laughs> do you get a floppy arm while it's, you come yeah it's like the, the Vulcan equivalent of sitting on your hand so it feels like someone else is doing it is they give themselves what? a Vulcan nerve pinch and then, then they wank it <laughs> like someone else is doing it have See, you, have so you heard fun. about how they put it in the script for TOS though no, no. and there's background around it so like uh, in the enemy within where they duplicate Kirk that's where it first appears oh, yeah. the original um uh, uh, the original like script called for like Spock basically to use Vulcan strength and like hits uh, Kirk over the head with like a and like a pipe or something like that. And and uh, Nimroy signer felt like oh it should be a bit more elegant than that. It doesn't feel like very Spock to just appear from an <laughs> elevator and just whack Jim Kirk upside the head. I mean we've so, seen Into Darkness. We saw how he yeah. went down on Bendit Cumberbatch. Um, so he, um, he decided to, he came up with this idea of, like, a technique that Spock knows, and the director, um, and, uh, Nim, like, um, like, they, they, he, he was really having trouble explaining it to the director, but Shatner, 
um, like overheard and sort of understood it and said that like, um, like you know, so they said, oh, just let us try it, and they tried it and it looked good. But then after, like, because it was just kind of invented on the spot, uh, they uh, put it in the script as the famous Spock neck pin. <laughs> and from then on, every time Spock knock, knocks someone out, it goes, it, the stage direction is something like, uh, Spock incapacitates the person with the FSNP. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant. Uh, that is, that's a good fact, actually. I like that. That's good Star Trek that lore. Really um, I've got good. Um, I've got. It's not law, but it is socio wider social and political context. Okay. Um, that I was introduced to by some listeners, um, fellow fans on Star Trek ship posting when I posted my incredibly long, angry rant about Captain Archer. Um, so you know how in our first Enterprise episode, Jake, you were mentioning that Enterprise was released just after like nine eleven. Yes. Yeah. So someone was saying this. Viewers on Star Trek shitposting were telling me about the Zindi, this race of aliens who were trying to genocide humanity, and apparently that's some poorly thought through post nine eleven metaphor for the war on terror, right? <sighs> and then for some reason, Star Trek decides to go incredibly culturally conservative and be like, yeah, all measures are justified, Guantanamo Bay, holler. <laughs> like making Uyghurs have their organs forcibly transplanted. Woot woot! All measures against the Cindy are justified. Captain Archer's got to make these terrible choices to like justify the war on terror, sort of thing. And that's where that's like one socio political arc of where this episode is coming from culturally at the time when it was released. And then apparently the other arc of it, <laughs> this is bonkers to me, is apparently is like George Bush not liking stem cell research. Yeah. So apparently, <laughs> apparently, like Sim being grown against his will to donate organs and then dying is some massive metaphor for how abortion is bad and how like stem cell research is bad because you apparently might grow sims and then have to be forcibly decided to kill them. I'm like, but then why at the end of the episode do you get your hero to to kill? So if this is supposed to be a story about how doing this is bad, why did you justify it at the end of the episode? Like, what are you talking about? And how are you using a living, breathing, walking, talking adult with agency? How are you independent body that's been created specifically for the purposes of death? How are you comparing that to a fetus that is a symbiote in another human being's body that doesn't have agency <laughs> and might have been created entirely by accident? This is such a false analogy. Fuck off, Republicans. I know you wrote this episode. I think, yeah... Star Trek Enterprise, this might be an unpopular opinion uh, amongst listeners if you like Enterprise, but Star Trek Enterprise is the sort of, like, Republican version of Star Trek, isn't it? It's like, it, it's yeah. it's like the, it, if Discovery is the Democrat version of Star Trek, this is the, the answer to that, almost. Um, yeah. Yeah. The counterpoint. Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, I... I, I it's so socially conservative. It's like... Mm excruciatingly I wonder if that's maybe why we don't like it it I wonder if that's maybe why we don't like it as much because we're left-leaning people ourselves maybe there's something unconscious that about the the decisions made by the characters in this series that yeah let's pull everyone yeah but then you can argue that our biases of why we view Enterprise in that way yeah that's true and I suppose also it's tough to say is is 
as 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 the literature nerd, is um, is it like us bringing our biases and reading it as a right wing thing because we don't like it, or is it a right wing thing we don't like because we are yeah. broadly more left wing? Yeah, like, well, I, I, well, yeah, and I suppose uh, actually things like um, like House of Cards or or whatever, if you ignore the fact they've got a sex criminal in them, um, that you can enjoy things like that that are about right wing people, even if you're a left wing person watching it if, if it's made well so i think yeah it it's slightly an element of uh of, of me just looking for reasons to to dislike it that go beyond yeah, the fact that nothing happens in it star trek is has always had an underlying moral and political and social message like that's been that has been a deliberate part like whatever that message might be and obviously that message has changed over the years it's complex it's nuanced it's not like Roddenberry was some kind of like radical you know amazing progressive instead of the raging anti-semite that he was or something do you know what I mean like but but having said that Star Trek has always it has always been made with the intention by whatever creators or showrunners at the time that it should have some form of moral message and broadly speaking those moral messages have been intended to be towards the social left of the spectrum just in terms of things like oh it's all about being nice and you know sorting out conflict by having diplomacy and having a globalist outlook towards the world so it does feel jarring to have these messages that don't fit in with that and i think that i don't think we're making that up i think that is some that's something that i'm repeating having been told by a lot of people who have seen more enterprise than i do and know a lot more about enterprise than i do but Yes, when you compare it to something like Discovery, which I am predisposed and biased to like, because it, it is specifically targeting itself and appealing itself to someone like me who wants to see loads of women in my show and is excited to see a queer couple in my show and, and lots of um, people of colour and, and have these kind of leftist, um, liberal leftist values sort of put front and centre so I don't think we are making it It's up. nice when your gay couple doesn't go to hell. So. It's nice when your gay couple doesn't go to hell. I, I, I can't even talk about it, guys. I think I'm going to kill myself. Is, like, is this something... Right, so for the listeners' uh, benefit, Maddie has been incredibly... Uh, Maddie has been incredibly uh, active on, on Instagram and uh, and social media in general over the last day, uh, talking about... It's been fantastic. It's kept me entertained. I, I haven't understood any of it, right? Because it's it started off uh, seeming to be a, a, like a point about some fandom to do with Supernatural, and then that, that then turned into something about oh the, the Russian Jake. election, and then... Jake, Jake, it's like explaining, uh, tweeting to my, to like an older parent. <laughs> like, I, I like, is this one of your fandoms? Is that what that is? <laughs> but I didn't understand. First of all, I don't watch Supernatural, so I don't understand the context of it anyway. Please don't ever start. What? Don't ever watch Supernatural. Uh, that's just an order. That is an executive order. I've, I've never been interested in it at all. A girl that I fancied at school be. liked it, uh, and I thought it was shit. I watched one episode, and it made me angry. Um, Correct. But. Yeah, uh, but there was, uh, I don't know, something about a, a homophobic character came out as being gay or something. Is that no, right? No, no. Okay, right. Okay, right. <laughs> Educate me, the please. TLDR no, it's so There's good, TLDR Jake. enough that it can be kept in the episode so that I can have the satisfaction of knowing that I've got this off my chest. Okay. Right. So, 
Supernatural's been going for 15 series, right? Okay. It's fucking old by this point. There was a time, let's say about eight years ago, when there was a massive online internet fandom fixated on Supernatural. And I mean to, like, insane levels. This And, and like, I was fully part of that. I spent every living, breaking... Ba- I spent every living, waking, breathing moment where I wasn't doing my A-levels or being asleep um, on Tumblr reblogging GIFs of Dean and Cassiel from Supernatural between the ages of 16 to 18. That's literally all I did. Um, and And there was a... <laughs> This is a show with a very, a very kind of traditional conservative character premise in its two male leads that then accidentally introduce a lot of queer subtext when they introduce this third character, Castiel. And thanks to some very charismatic acting between the actors that play Dean and play Kaz, and thanks to a lot of subtext that was increasingly deliberately added in <laughs> by the showrunners as the series started picking up. Desiel gained this massive fan base. Um, Desiel's the shipping name for the couple of Dean and Kaz that people wanted to happen. Yes. The fact of the matter is that the CW was never going to make that happen. They were never going to take the step of queering a show that did was not established with a queer queer premise they were never going to do that because they're spineless fucking cowards like they but what they were going to do is they were going to queer bait the hell out of the fans for as long as they fucking could (laughs) so after this had been going on for god knows how many seasons there was a tipping point in about like 2014 when everyone gave the fuck up and left and there's a reason that like online internet fandom around supernatural died a death at that point because basically i think everyone had a collective realization at the point where the 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 showrunners had built up these moments between these characters so excruciatingly and then just whiplash no homo'd it every time at the beginning of every single series. Everyone just got tired of it. Everyone was fucking bored. So everyone was like, you know what? It's actually like 2015 now. There's actual like actual queer representation out there that we can go and watch. We, we don't have to like lick the crumbs off the CW's boot and like think that it's somehow, you know, a victory for the gays when we have two characters have like a little no homo moment where they stare too long into each other's eyes. So for them then to suddenly, out of the fucking blue, with no prior warning or engagement, (laughs) eight years later, eight years later, (laughs) have Kaz on an episode coming out at the exact same time that the New York Post published this rumour that... (laughs) that Putin was stepping down and this is why these two things have become connected (laughs) in people's minds. Kaz announces his love to Dean (laughs) and then immediately dies and gets dragged straight to hell. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, it's so good. (laughs) Oh, it's so wonderful. You couldn't make it up. It's just such a, like, for me who doesn't care. (laughs) Like, I don't I have enough friends interested in Supernatural to have an understanding right. of that. Like, that TLDR is basically what I know. Yeah. And because I don't care about the show, I do care about queer representation. I realise how that could be edited <laughs> to sound, so I'm just going to add some context. Um, What's uh, that, Nathan? You uh, hate the gays. <laughs> nope. Uh... uh and if you keep saying that, I'll just edit a bit where, and, and then put a voiceover saying, sorry, I had to cut a bit here where Jake was a bad feminist. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Um, anyway, like, 
it's it's genuinely hilarious to me how anyone like any like proofreading and editing and writing process just looked at this script and went so uh, the gay person like confesses his love immediately goes to hell <laughs> yeah that seems fine I can't see any problems with it it seems to you absolutely okay uh, like I just it's just like I why did you not see that like that is <laughs> blindingly obvious to like anyone surely at least get him to heaven or something like at least make- <laughs> <laughs> like so it's supernatural fulfilling its final form of being simultaneously the gayest and the most homophobic <laughs> show <laughs> on, on in its time slot on the CW. It's like a stellar achievement. Well done. Like, <laughs> SBN writers, you have truly outdone yourself. Like, we thought Series 8 was the peak. No, no, no. This is the peak. <laughs> oh, oh, God. Thank you for enlightening me about This that. is the ultimate form of red shirts. We've gone... Not only onto a, a show that our listeners don't watch, but a show that half the guests, half the hosts don't watch. Oh, please! In I would like to firmly to talk about. Like, I would like to gay rights and stuff, and avoid talking about this episode. Which, like, let's be fair, similitude. It's not bad. Like, it's not like bad. For, like, Sub Rosa was bad. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Unlike Dean and Kaz, trip. And no, Sim and T'Pol at least got to fucking snog before Sim immediately died and had his brain lobotomized. Yeah, no. I mean, oh, I, I would like. I know. What? Sorry, go on. Yeah, go on. Oh, I was no, just no. to bring it back to to the episode we're meant to be talking about. I, I, uh, I, I, we need to talk about Red Shirt's head cannon in a minute. Um, which I have an idea for, but um, I, I would just like to suggest an alternate title that I wrote for this episode uh, when I was watching it, because it's about Sim growing up and having all of the memories and going through the the early childhood stages of uh, Trip Tucker's life. I suggest that the episode should have been called A Trip Down Memory Lane. Hey! Oh, that makes that's it sound so, so cute and innocuous. <laughs> do you, and actually, it's sad and depressing. My, my, uh, I do have a head cannon for this episode. Uh, if, go, on, I, go on. My head cannon is um, so we we see quite a lot of uh, Porthos the dog in this episode. Uh, who, the only valid man on the Enterprise. Wood, wood. Yes, my favorite character in all of Star Trek. Um, and he, Porthos the dog, gets stroked a lot by by, uh, by Archer in this episode. And my my theory is that. Um, Topol has also been teaching Archer this uh, Vulcan neuro uh, massage thing, and he's been doing that to the dog, and that's the only reason that the dog comes and stays with the uh, with Archer and wants to come and play with him is because like he he's developed this sort of weird psychic link through like <laughs> through some kind of neural like massage technique with, with the dog. <laughs> <laughs> Why is this the most weirdly specific headcanon? I don't know. I just, because, the no, so the reason it's weirdly specific is because so little happens in this episode in terms of plot that like there's no other interesting things to talk about to, to turn into headcanon. All I could think was yeah. that. And Sim has tried to suck his own cock though because he went through his teenage years in what like two or three yeah, hours. He yeah, yeah, he, yeah, yeah, he must have done. I mean, my, my other. Head- I did like the line where he was like. This isn't just an adolescent crush. That was yesterday. <laughs> I know. Direction. I actually felt he delivered that whole. Like, I I want to yeah. stick up for him. I felt like I he delivered really that. good. Like, I think he delivered that well. Better than Scott Bakula's fucking 
Archer not knowing what the fuck he's doing. Like, I was like, what the fuck is, like, Archer, you're just evil. Like, I, morally compromised. He is, Archer's a really bad captain. Like, he, he's... We just hate Archer. Let's just establish that. It's like, Red Shirts is anti-Enterprise. No, 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 no. no, 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 no. We don't want to do that. We might offend listeners. But, like, we're gonna, I'm gonna have to see some seriously god-tier Archer content. <laughs> For him to come yeah, like after, right, after this. Listeners, if you're if you're a listener who is a fan of Enterprise, will you get in touch with us on Twitter or Instagram at RedShirtsCast and suggest to us what the best episode of uh, Enterprise we should watch is in terms of like that shows Archer as a good captain or a good character and explain yourself. Yeah, and explain, explain yourself, yourself because we don't believe you. Um, it's it, I I know what you mean though. Like it, it's. I, I can't see any redeeming features in him at all. Like all the decisions he makes are objectively the bad decisions. <laughs> when, that's when he does make a decision. Half the time he just goes, "Well, yeah, well, you heard the man do what he said," and like he's, he's yeah. Because at least with Janeway, who I think is another like mimetically bad captain to some people, I can always see both sides. Like I haven't watched the controversial Tubix episode with my red shirt. No, so we might do uh, that one. I'm soon. not sure. Yeah, well, could we do, I was going to say, could we do, like, a fun, like, inconsequential episode, like the uh, Merry Man episode of uh, Next Gen? Yeah, okay, yeah, we'll do that. Yeah. Or, or, or we could watch Lower Decks, like, we keep threatening. <laughs> but just something, like, something not, like, super heavy, I feel like. Yes. Because it's been a heavy, like, couple of, it, it's been, it's, it's been a, I want to watch a good but like fun to start. Is Trek, that too much watched, to ask for? Uh, <laughs> we've lo- we've watched a lot of shit episodes and a lot of very heavy episodes <laughs> of late. Like I would like to watch. I am not a very man, or the one where there's a load of daters. Although that is a bad episode, but that's at least funny bad. Or one of the Dixon Hill ones. I would love to do one or, of the Dixon Hill ones. Yeah. Um. Or or even the uh, spy episode, the spy hologram episodes of uh, Deep Space Nine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm down for any of them. We'll do any. I, of like, those. I do want to say, I, I I did enjoy this episode. I like, I did actually enjoy it. But when I think about yeah. the cast of characters that I've met so far from the Enterprise crew, like, my feelings of care towards them are very low. Like, there's very... The fuck <laughs> engine is, is very empty. It's very low on fucks. Like, most of the fucks <laughs> have already been expended. Like, there's very few left. I, I'm not generating any more fucks for any members of the Enterprise crew. I think it's, With it's, the it's, exception it's... of Trip and Topol, but 90% of that is based on the premise that I am really invested in seeing them jag. <laughs> I mean, th- it's not dr- because I care about them as people. You know, you know, <laughs> you know. Last time when we talked about uh, the last episode of Enterprise, we did, and we came to the conclusion that all of the men in it are exactly the same person. Like I, yeah. when in the on yeah. the first scene of this episode where it's the the funeral and it pans along the body and then you see the face of Trip Tucker dead and that that's supposed to be like a moment of like oh my god trip's dead <gasps> yes i i didn't know who he was i just thought it was just some <laughs> random because they all look the same so i was just like oh it's just some it's just a, a bloke again like this bloke inconsequent inconsequential bloke has died and I, it, it wasn't until after the intro music and then some explanation that i was like oh yeah he was one of the main ones <laughs> That I think is your unfamiliarity with the show. At least. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, but like at least 
Oh, if I ruined your comedy, you <laughs> see, like, oh, that. here's the sensible explanation of that. I, I do think that there's something dodgy going on on the Enterprise, right? I don't know if it's the camera, the lighting, just the set in general, but something that really bugged me in this episode is is Travis Mayweather's face. <laughs> and what I mean by that is, like, I've Googled this guy, Anthony Montgomery, right? He is a stunningly attractive human man who looks awesome, why in this episode does he look like Plastic Mickey from the Doctor Who episode with the autops? <laughs> like, what is wrong oh God, with the does. lighting that he looks so fake? So, like, I, I, I do think there is something dodgy going on with just, like... <sighs> There's something's fishy. I think I need to watch more Enterprise and like reserve my judgment before I say anything else because I haven't <laughs> seen enough yet. But like something weird's going on. I do have a headcanon though. Okay, go on. Um, for this episode, which is that I think that uh, <laughs> Captain Archer is actually Invader Zim <laughs> <laughs> because when he's like when <laughs> when um <laughs> when uh when Trip's done really well. At managing to unstick them from the cloud of nobody gives a fuck and then Archer's like oh well done well done now let me harvest your brain all I could think of was Invader Zim being like it's been nice working with you girl now self-destruct <laughs> and then Trip going finally I mean, I mean, well, it's already in headcanon for Red Shirts that he is uh, the character he played in Quantum Leap so like are we suggesting that the the character Scott Bakula plays in Quantum Leap is also Invader Zim. Invader Zim, yes, yes. So yes. are we saying that that I Invader haven't. Zim is one of the leaps that uh, <laughs> that he's made? And, 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 no, what we're going to do by the end of this is decide that every member of the Enterprise crew in Star Trek Enterprise is in fact someone else. <laughs> that explains really, why it's not. This, this really explains. Archer's terrible ethical decision making. Yeah, because he doesn't care. The guy from Quantum Leap has lived through so first, oh. I mean, first we already established that he's lived through so many lives, right? But imagine if one of those lives was Invader Zim. Yeah. And then you come to Starfleet as Captain Archer. But, like, you are morally fucked. But that, that as well as though, if he if he's if he's just trying to get to his next jump, he doesn't really give a shit. It's inconsequential whatever happens to the people around him. He just wants to get back to his normal <gasps> life. So it's like so that's well. why he keeps it's doing so shit, well. shitty things. I love maybe, it. Maybe, uh, maybe, um, uh, maybe uh, we're gonna say that Trip uh, is the one that actually dies, and Sim survives, <gasps> and they put the enzyme. In. Yes. Like, I, I mean, that was gonna be my uh, head cannon for when we do. Uh, the episode of TNG where um, um, where Law turns up, and uh, my my theory is that oh, yeah. <laughs> that Data dies, and Law is is the Law lives on. Law lives on and takes up the mantle of Data for the entirety of the rest of the series of TNG. <laughs> yeah. um, um, we should probably wrap up if we've got anything else to say. Uh, say yeah. it now. I was just going to say that this is like this. In any other series, I feel like this would be an average to brilliant episode. Like that's why it's so irritating to me. Yes. Like it feels like a. It feels like there's plenty of like episodes in TNG and Deep Space Nine that I'm like, if if I'm gonna sit down and watch the series, I'll include them in my watching and be fine about it. 
but I like I'm never gonna go and see a random episode, and it feels about that quality where I'm like, yeah, it's pretty good, but it feels like it just feels like there's a there's a better episode underneath the episode mm-hmm. we yeah. got, like another draft in the process, mm-hmm. and I think that's why it irritates me because I think just shit episodes I can be like, oh, this is <laughs> shit. Whereas this, I'm like. This this has such a good premise, yep. and the acting is so good. Well, I would the... say Scott Bakula's acting is phoning it in a little bit, yeah. but I think everyone else... That's the, the grand movie. tradition of uh, Starfleet actors, <laughs> though. Like, yeah. Um, it's. I mean, yeah, I just... I don't know. I don't think I've got anything else meaningful to I, say. I really think I need to watch a lot of Enterprise right now before I falsely allow some bizarre combination of just the few episodes that I have seen, which is literally like three, um, and like cultural general trolling of Enterprise to somehow solidify in my mind as an actual dislike of Enterprise, which maybe it doesn't deserve. So Yeah, well you can you can you can fall on your sword and do that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will respectfully admire you <laughs> from a distance where I am watching better stuff. <laughs> well again, listeners, if you if, if you could think of a really good episode that we that will show us how good Enterprise <clears throat> can be, get in touch at redshirtscast or redshirtcast at gmail.com. And Don't let bother. us know I'm which already one Googling it, is. it. Episode <laughs> or, where to poll or, or even uh, <laughs> <laughs> Or even like give us a list of the core episodes. Even if you're like, look, this episode isn't great, but it sets up some stuff that you that will make you you know reconsider some of your yeah. objections to Pre- this. Preferably, I preferably think it's not... fairly obvious that Sorry, go on. Yeah. I think it's fairly obvious that, like, with the Zindi plot, I know some about some stuff about and things, but really, we don't know enough to be feeling like the Archer in this, because it's 8 out of 15 episodes into that big arc, mm. so it's right in the middle for the whole Archer darkness thing. But, I don't know, I'm not I'm not convinced from what I have seen, which I think is a little bit more than Maddie. Yeah. Um, but, you know, and I am prepared to be proven Preferably... Wrong. Listeners, when you give us an episode, don't make it another one where it's revealed that Dr. Flox is some sort of Joseph Mengele character who's turning up <laughs> yeah. specifically he to create is. creepy... Who lies! Because like, I, I, earlier I said, like, I don't mind him giving him this immoral option because he's trying to give him all the information. But then I thought about that statement and actually he lies about the enzyme because he definitely knew yeah, about that exactly, yeah. So it's he bullshit. didn't tell Archer... He just wants to do some like, creepy experiments. Everything. He's just a mad scientist. Yeah. I, I found it. It's called Harbinger. It's the 15th episode from the third season. Trip and Topol definitely get naked. Thanks very much, Google. I'm going away to watch it now, and then I'll be done with Enterprise. <laughs> well, that's about enough for this episode, I think. We've already managed to... I'm quite impressed we managed to get an hour out of it, to be honest. Um, <laughs> although, Oh, come on. Even I could have te- about Archer for much even, longer. Well, to be fair, we try, I say we got an hour out of it. Ten minutes of it was you explaining the plot of 15 seasons <laughs> worth of uh, show Destiny that I've never all. watched. Um Next week, I think we're, we're, we're going to uh, look at an inconsequential f- good one again. Um, I, I'm going to suggest that we do Cupid from... Uh, uh, 
it's good. From uh, TNG, it's Cupid good. is the Merry Men episode that Nathan mentioned earlier. Oh, so, and, and it'll be the first episode we've ever done that has Q in it, which is exciting because he's one of my favourite Oh my God, it is. Um, so I think we're probably going to do that next week. Uh, also coming up in the, the next few weeks, we're uh, going to eventually get around to watching some Lower Decks and talking about that for you. Um, and we, we uh, as if you, we need to tell you, that obviously season three of Discovery has recently dropped on uh, Netflix uh, new episodes every Friday so uh, we'll be reviewing some of that as well um, and other than that as I say get in touch on Instagram and Facebook not Facebook I keep saying Facebook get on, get in touch on Instagram or on Twitter at RedShirtsCast or by email at RedShirtsCast at gmail.com um, thank you again to Ben Kavanagh for the music for this episode thank you to my co-hosts Marty Churchhouse and Nathan Thomas I've been Jake Donaldson uh, live long and prosper and goodbye Bye! Lovely stuff.